0: This is the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Thursday, May 19th. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield here, and joined by one of our good friends as well, Joe Marino. And Mark, I know that uh, we've been trying to get Joe in for a while, but he kept ditching out on us, saying we weren't important enough, weren't big time enough.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I know he and Kyle over at NDT Scout, and they've got some big plans for some stuff they're going to be rolling out at the end of the summer, which we can talk to Joe about. So they've been probably devoting a lot of their time and energy to getting that ready. But thankfully, Joe carved out a little bit of time for us, so we finally get to talk to our good buddy. How you doing, Joe?
2: I'm doing good, guys. I don't know if you're aware, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, well uh, we, we heard see, that. We
0: and, and, Joe, the problem <laughs> is, like, Again, I take everything personally because I'm a little guy. I'm a kicker. I got a lot I got a lot of built-up angst and everything. So when someone tells me, oh, we may have to wait a day or two, I take that as, you know, you're, you're dead to me. So just thank Mark that we got you on, actually. He's he's a lot nicer than I am on days like this.
2: Look, guys, every day I wake up and piss excellence, and I can only make time for what I can make time <laughs>
0: for. You <know? laughs> there you go. There Outstanding. You go. <laughs> okay. Outstanding. So, Joe, let's let's talk a little bit, just in terms of uh, general draft thoughts. You know, we, we've had you know about three weeks to digest uh, what happened during this year's draft, and I guess right off the top, I just want to get your sense of you know what you thought some of the biggest stories actually are coming out of it now that you've had some time to sit and really you know dig into it a little bit.
2: I guess I'll I'll, I'll say two things that stood out to me. Uh, first of all. That was a lot of quarterbacks drafted. You know, I, I think coming from a excellent. year where it was only—I'm sure you loved it. There's I loved six it. or seven drafted in 2014, or uh, excuse me, 2015, and then we've seen what was it, 15 last year. Yep. Uh, and and that to kind of see how those stacked up, where we have Cody Kessler and, and Jacoby Brissett as day two picks, guys that I didn't have draftable grades on. Uh, so seeing how the NFL kind of valued those teams and. Uh, those players, but maybe I'm only speaking for two teams there. But uh, you know, those guys are day day two picks, and then you know to see uh, the the magnitude of the Connor Cook uh, situation, where uh, the, the the team captain thing really was a big deal, uh, and, and his personality, and then uh, even uh, you kind of look at Dak Prescott, how he slipped, and uh, the the quarterbacks, the way that they fell was really different from what I had perceived, and then even kind of at the top where. Uh, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff go one-two. Uh, maybe you know four months before the draft, that wasn't anything anyone was talking about. The next thing we know, we have two teams giving up everything they have to move up and get these guys. Uh, so, so the quarterback, uh, the way that that all all turned out this year was really interesting. And then, man, does the NFL still love defensive backs, and 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 they like them in all kinds of uh, shapes and sizes, and to see the way that the uh, teams continue to snatch up those guys and you know Keanu Neal going in the top 20 and uh, all the corners that went on day 2 it was just you know you can really see that this is uh, about uh, the, the NFL is truly an aerial assault and you need guys that can uh, deliver the football and guys that can cover guys that want to catch the football so those were kind of the two storylines that I kind of took away from the draft
1: now, Joe, I wanted to get your thoughts. We're going to turn to the Buffalo Bills a little bit. I know a team near and dear to your heart, and they got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bad break with some Shaq Lawson news this week. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, that's that's uh, it's like being a Buffalo Bills fan. You wake up on May 16th, and the next thing you know, essentially your falling. last three first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, I I believe that Shaq Lawson. Uh, you know, they took a calculated risk on that shoulder. I believe when they drafted him, they had every intention of him playing this entire season, and then as soon as the season ended, for him to get sur- surgery work, uh, done on that shoulder, uh, you know, he's doing swim moves in OT in rookie minicamp uh, last week, and, and uh, the next thing you know, he needs the, the surgery. It's a big deal. We're talking about a, a four- to six-month process where this guy's not going to be uh, you know, number one, doing the physical reps on the field, but also getting himself prepared to play an NFL season, something he has no idea about. So this is a major setback for Shaq Lawson and a setback for the Bills, who are really counting on him to provide pass rush opposite Jerry Hughes. Now you're looking at guys like Manny Lawson and Max Valles, and uh, it's not real exciting when you talk about the Bills' edge rush without Shaq Lawson.
0: Joe, piggybacking on that, and not to uh, bring you down too much, Sammy Watkins news out today uh, injured yet again timetable uncertain as to whether or not he's going to be back for uh, the beginning part of the season showed really s- some signs of breaking out last year ending up with 60 catches for over a thousand yards after uh, you know a rookie season where he tested that thousand yard mark as well what 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 does that do to this Bill's offense here
2: devastating um, you know Sammy Watkins is He's just a sensational football player. I mean, he's one of the thrills of my life is watching Sammy Watkins get off the line of scrimmage and get into a route. He
0: one of the best college players player. I've ever seen. I mean, like, his oh. tape in college, like, you watched him, and he was unguardable.
2: Uh, uh, unbelievable talent. Unbelievable talent. Is He's just a thrill to watch. And you saw that, that chemistry develop with Tyrod Taylor over the second half of the season last year. And, and what hurt him in the first half of the season, if you remember, he was not even targeted week one. Yeah. against the Colts last year, uh, you know we can say that's because uh, you know Devonte Davis was covering, but I think it really came down to the same thing that's happening this year: no reps in the OTAs, no reps in the preseasons. Tyrod Taylor has rapport with Percy Harvin. You know Percy Harvin started the season really strong for the Bills, was was really the focal point of the offense, and now you have the same situation again where Sammy Watkins is not getting those OTAs. Now, granted, it's year two in the system, so you think it's a little bit better, but. Uh, I, I think it's a major setback for the timing. Obviously, you know the conditioning and, and, and those things with Sammy Watkins. But you kind of get the feeling at this point in Sammy Watkins' career that he's one of those the stallions that's got to be perfectly, you know, lubricated. And uh, and he's you know he's a he's a Ferrari, you know, and he, and he can't run without w- without everything being perfect. And he's the guy that you know right now he's just. He's not that he's missed a ton of time. He's game time, but he's missed a lot of practice, and I just I just hate that we haven't been able to see Sammy Watkins and everything that he can do with a full healthy offseason to get to get established with the quarterback. And then I really think he's a dominant football player. I think if he's healthy, we're talking about a guy like. Julio Jones type type of uh, talent, and it's just it's, it's just so crappy to continue to see him have these nagging injuries show up.
0: It's it's funny you mention that because I was I was going through my head actually when I saw this, and I was trying to think. If there were any players that have kind of come back from those early career injuries, where you know they didn't necessarily have a full season in year one, two, and three, can you think of any that have been able to shed that label uh, as, as being fragile after suffering a string of injuries like he has?
2: You know, it's funny. I, I not that I can answer your question, but my my mind goes right to David Boston. I don't know if you guys remember oh, him. Sure. The other oh, sure. Another one yeah. of those guys. Yeah, freak talent never could stay healthy. Um, and I think you know, Sammy Watkins is is probably a better athlete. Maybe not quite the bulk of David Boston, but you know, yeah, these he, you know, and to, to Sammy Watkins' credit, he's missed one or two games every year and just a ton of practice time. You know, so he's he's been productive. He's he, he's shown what he can do. It's just you just know there's so much more there. So I'm not ready to say that this is a guy that you know is is you really have to caution uh, because he's still playing uh, you know almost every game, but. Come on. <laughs> Stop getting hurt.
1: All right. Look, the the Bills segment of this podcast has got off on a little bit of a downer of a start. So I want to pick things up a little bit. Rounds two, three, and four. I love what Buffalo did. Uh Reggie Ragland, Adolphus Washington, and Cardell Jones, I think are three great picks for Buffalo. Joe, what are your thoughts on those guys?
2: Well, we'll start with Ragland. Ragland's a guy who I think is a dominant C gap to C Gap guy. Uh downhill I think he can attack the line of scrimmage. I do have some questions about him in space and in range and covering guys. You know, when we talk about uh, the AFC East, Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, uh, and how the New England Patriots like to attack linebackers with running backs. So I'm concerned about his ability to stay, uh, to, to hold his, his, you know, to hold his ground and covering those guys. So that's going to be a major test. I, I, I'd like to have a, a linebacker with a little bit more range, but I think he's a good fit for Rex Ryan, and I'll be interested to see how Uh, You know, Rex can scheme up uh, Reggie Ragland to maximize his talents. Adolphus Washington, when you talk about a pass rusher uh, from the the defensive line position that can rush from any position, I think that's very exciting. He has a long way to go in terms of his run defense, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that can help immediately as a pass rusher, which is something the Bills need from their defensive line. And then I'm really, really excited about Cardell Jones. I'm not yeah. ready to sit here and say he's going to be you know a future franchise quarterback, but how fun is Buffalo's preseason going to be with him you know getting all the reps and and uh, and, and developing and seeing what David Lee, the, the quarterback coach and Greg Roman can do uh, to maximize that ridiculous arm talent. So I'm super excited about Cardell Jones and just just seeing, seeing what happens. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun.
0: Joe, one thing that I want to get your opinion on is just the the feeling up there in Buffalo that I got last year uh, was a lot of frustration with uh, one Mr. Dan Carpenter. And I'm curious if you share that frustration because I look at Dan Carpenter, and, and I've made the analogy before, but I see the football equivalent of Bubba Watson where it doesn't look pretty, and yeah, he had some struggles on extra points last year, but in general he gets it done at a pretty high level. You know, they brought in Marshall Morgan from Georgia as an undrafted free agent. I don't have a high opinion of him as being able to contribute. Will will Bills fans be able to deal with Carpenter one more year?
2: Well, you know, man, Dan Carpenter is a freaking professional kicker if I've ever seen one. He's a good kicker. Uh, you know, he's he's a really good kicker from a field goal perspective he's been outstanding what he's been able to do in Buffalo, which is not an easy place to kick a football. He, he's been really good. Now here's a couple of things to consider when we talk about Dan Carpenter and the bills kicker situation. Number one, the bills have kept a kickoff specials specialist every year that they've had Dan Carpenter. So uh, with them having Tyrod Taylor, EJ Manuel, and Cardell Jones, who they're going to have to keep, they're going to have to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. You no longer have that luxury in my opinion, to mm. keep a kickoff specialist and a place kicker. So immediately you start to think, okay, Dan Carpenter, if you're going to be the kicker for the Buffalo Bills, you need to continue to be a really good field goal kicker, but you also need to be able to kick the ball off. And when we're talking about kicking that back five yards, it's even more important. Now, Dan Carpenter, I think, has shown some success as a directional kicker, so I think he can hit those pop flies in the corner and and the Bills' coverage units can, can... can go for stops inside the 20s. So that's where, where he's going to need to be because he's never been a consistent touchback guy. But the, the frustrations with Dan Carpenter is that he missed an NFL-leading uh, amount of extra points. I think he missed five last year. And, and that is a, a big deal. Kickers score points. You, and especially on those extra points where, you know, all of a sudden you, you know, you've know you scored the same amount of touchdowns, but you missed an extra point and you're, you're losing a football game. So Dan Carpenter, uh, I, I think he just needs to – there's no doubt in my mind that he can get the job done in Buffalo. When I think about the, Dan Carpenter, I don't think of him as a problem on the team, but the frustrations with the missed, field, with missed extra points that uh, really kind of swayed the, the, the way that you had to attack a football game because you're, you're down uh, by, and, and by a, a two-point conversion instead of just an extra point, and, and the, the unreliability of those extra points, You know, it does bring it into question, but I don't think Dan Carpenter is a problem. I believe in Dan Carpenter as a kicker, and the bigger issue with Dan Carpenter is him being able to handle those kickoffs because the Bills cannot afford to carry two kickers anymore.
1: Joe, if Jonathan Williams stays healthy, could he be the steal of the draft?
2: Oh, my. I love Jonathan Williams. He's the guy that, you know, when you look at that 2014 tape, he's making everybody miss. He's got power. His foot speed is outstanding, uh, and he gets his work done as as, in pass, uh, as a pass blocker. I think he's got starter traits in the NFL, uh, just didn't play this past year, and maybe that's a good thing. We're talking about a talented player with low mileage, and, right. and the Bills want to run the football. and And you saw what Lashawn McCoy can do, and you saw what Carlos Williams can do. But Carlos Williams was 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 hurt all the time, and to the point where you know Mike Gillisley's coming in and getting carries. I think there's plenty of carries to go around in the Buffalo backfield, especially when you're trying to preserve Shady McCoy and Carlos Williams, as exciting as he was, you know, still hurt all the time. So I think Jonathan Williams is a player that. Uh, you know, will will immediately be the number three running back and, and push for carries early. And he he's a talented football player. Really excited to get him in the fifth round.
0: We got a, a few minutes left here, Joe. I want you to uh, give us a little insight into this project that you and Kyle Krabs are working on, because I saw Kyle uh, talking about it a little over the last few days. Uh, you know, I picked up the work that you did this spring, which is Absolutely phenomenal. Between that and the RSP, you know, I, I kind of use those as my two different ways to get a balanced view of what's going on in a draft. But talk to me about what you're putting out uh going into the fall and some of the work that you're doing there.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited to partner with uh Kyle Krabs with NDC Scouting and put out the second publication which will be the preseason uh senior outlook. Uh and you know, Kyle is uh, does a fantastic job yearly with the prospectus that he puts out every year as, as a draft guide. Uh, but him and I started this conversation um, November of of this past year, um, where you know NDT scouting has really expanded, and he gave me the opportunity to join the staff as a senior scouting uh, consultant. And the intention all along was for us to partner on this project. And now that the uh, twenty 16 draft is in the rearview mirror. We can start focusing on this, and what this is going to provide uh, readers is is exactly what the title says. It's a preseason uh, senior outlook. So we're going to focus in on uh, looks like 88 of the top senior prospects, um, and uh, provide you know some some basic information. You know height, weight, uh, uh, biographical information, career accomplishments, uh, career statistics, and then you're going to get a, a film analysis going into the season from both Kyle and I and a summary and uh, as well as some other features that we're putting together to kind of round out the entire publication. But this is going to be kind of something that we haven't seen yet where uh, we're we're offering a guide uh, to people who would like to uh, watch college football with the mind towards the NFL draft. And if they want to watch Maryland versus uh, uh, Virginia Tech on on a Thursday night and that's the game, they can look at this guide and say, okay, well, who are the best players? Uh, that I need to be watching and uh, that that are going to be prospects come April. So we're going to focus the film analysis on the uh, seniors, and then uh, we'll also provide a very in-depth w- uh, watch list that will cover the underclassmen to consider. But we, we, we don't want to be putting our opinions out there about underclassmen and swaying any type of prospect's decision at all to uh, maybe declare for the NFL draft. So our focus for the analysis is on seniors but it's going to be a really nice resource for anybody that wants to watch college football this year with a mind towards the NFL draft next spring.
0: So you're essentially telling me that you took about six hours off after this year's draft.
1: I don't even if you took that much
0: off.
2: <laughs> no, man, I'll tell you this, like I said, this conversation started last November and it's, it's right now it's just a ton of administrative work, uh, you know, getting the biographical information, developing that watch list was a pretty big task. Oh uh, sure. Know, uh, for uh, you know, just figuring out which which eighty eight players we wanted to uh, uh, to really hone in on, and and so uh, you know, it's it's mostly been administrative stuff. So uh, at least the film analysis part, we did get a little reprieve from. But uh, yeah, no. Starting starting the end of this week, we're we're getting into tape again and, and starting to put together our notes and, and formulate opinions on this twenty seventeen crop.
1: So, Joe, if when people uh, want to check that out, check out what you guys are going to put together. What's the best way to, you know, track that down?
2: Well, you know, first thing you got to be doing is make sure you're following Kyle and I on Twitter. Kyle is at NDP Scouting. Uh, I am at the Joe Marino. We will be, uh, you know, certainly uh, sharing more and more details on Twitter uh, about the publication. And uh, as we're breaking down the film, we'll share some vines and some quick thoughts. Uh, but uh, to actually get your hands on the guide. Uh, you'll definitely want to stay tuned uh, on Twitter, but then ndtscouting.com where it'll be available for purchase. We haven't quite decided on a uh, a cost yet for that, uh, but it'll be a reasonable cost for sure um, uh, and, and and a resource that we'll be proud to put our names on and sell to folks.
0: Very good. Joe? That's all the time we got, but really appreciate you joining us. We, I know uh, we've been trying to uh, match schedules up for a while, and I can tell you it's 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 awesome having you on. Just to be able to chat with you for uh, even fifteen or twenty minutes on this, it's been absolutely outstanding.
2: Yes, guys, I enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: Thanks, yep. Joe definitely joe marino uh again you can follow him on twitter at the joe marino uh we are back tomorrow mark who do we have coming on is it uh sharona i believe
1: we have sharona
0: outstanding sharona is going to be joining us talking a little tennessee titans tomorrow that is coming up on the friday show for the inside the pylon quick kicks podcast